Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Bobby Howe. And I'm Alex Garing. <laughs> Sorry, did I catch you off guard there? You did, just a little. You just started. I just started. We're not... That's fine. <laughs> so today we're going to be bringing in Andrew Mall, and we're going to talk about the NAR legislative meetings, also known as the mid-year meetings that... Those of us that have been going for forever, we can't give up that name. Um, those are held out in D.C. every single year. And we wanted Andrew to talk on this because Andrew is heavily involved with the Kansas Association of Realtors. Uh, he is an FPC, which is a federal political coordinator to Sharice Davis uh, out in Kansas. And I will let um, you talk more <laughs> to that because now we're outside of Bobby's zone. I'm like, I'm Missouri. Um, but I was a federal political coordinator to Sam Graves a few years ago. So I do understand the job that he does. And he's basically our representative from the National Association of Realtors to Sharice, and he has one-on-one meetings with her and goes to fundraisers and basically says these are the issues that are important um, to realtors. So we're going to talk to Andrew about that today. Um, we were both out at mid-year this year. We were out in D.C. Yeah. for an entire week. A whole week. Like, and it just would not, like it was Monday morning to <laughs> Saturday night. It was, every bit was filled with As soon things. as I left, I had multiples go pending. I had to renegotiate yep. a, a, on inspections mm-hmm. on a deal. It was just, it, as soon as I left. Mul- yeah. That's, that's how it is. You want business to happen? Go out of town. I'm telling Ugh. you. You want it, your seller's property that will not sell? Tell them to go internationally with no Wi-Fi. You will get multiple <laughs> offers because you can't find them. Uh, this so, was actually my first mid-year. It was. It was the first awesome. time that I had ever gone. And and actually, I, I followed. You were busy like the whole time. It, well, when I go onto these national conferences and stuff, I try to find the people that I'm going to follow around like a puppy dog mm-hmm. and just like learn the ropes with you know uh-huh. and I was like gosh I'm gonna try to follow Bobby around Bobby was in meetings the whole time the whole time no because Saturday between two and four when we needed to head to the airport Andrea and I did find a swimming pool and we saw some sunshine for two hours Bobby was in meetings <laughs> the whole time this lady works constantly when she's up there so yeah. thank you for everything that you do yeah. and Andrew though I did get to follow Andrew around a little bit and I, I will say like mm-hmm. when he was talking to Sharice Davids and when he was pre- yep. presenting on our behalf mm-hmm. he was so amazing incredibly engaging the entire time she was very clearly engaged with him um, and we we had a really great rapport with her um, and a- Andrew Andrew just He's very good at this. I'm excited to well, have that's him what, on today. You know, that's the thing I kept hearing from Kip was what's your, you know, what was your overtake from this? She goes, just Andrew's relationship with Sharice. He goes, I've, in all the years I've been coming to these meetings, I've never seen that before, which was really amazing. So what were some of your favorite takeaways? I have some of my own favorite takeaways, but what were some of your favorite takeaways from being in D.C. this year? Um, honestly, just seeing the power of uh, realtors in our country was mm-hmm. amazing uh, so uh, the last national uh the i went to the annual, annual. in uh chicago, oh, chicago i skipped ago. boston yep. i wasn't able to go to boston um because baby. baby um but uh i mean that was pretty amazing mm-hmm. when i came to legislative it was or mid-year whatever it body. is legislative is actually correct but i like mid-year <laughs> makes sense midway but, through the year the the impact that we have on the on the country was really was really just visible. You can see it. You really can. On Wednesdays, how many people were there? Uh, Eleven thousand. Eleven thousand people. So basically, the size of our entire membership yeah. was representing um, the nation in D.C. 
Uh, that's and that's I think my favorite thing. So I actually prefer midyear meetings over annual. I love annual. I love going. I like being a part of the committee meetings and the educational meetings and just networking with other realtors around the country. That's amazing. I actually see our association in action and with advocacy being one of the main things that we can bring to our membership as an association. That's the thing is our too many members go, the National Association doesn't do anything for me. No, there's a whole lot of advocacy going on that's, you know, flood insurance, all those kinds of 1031 exchanges, right. keeping HUD, and you know, all those things that we need to protect those different types of loans. People don't see that going on behind the scenes. But when you go to mid-year, it's not behind the scenes. It's right there in that front of your face. That is what we're there to do. And on Wednesdays, it's called Capital Visits Day. And like you go up to the ca the hill and there are just thousands of realtors from every state wandering through the hallways doing all kinds of cool things and it's just so impactful so what other fun things did you uh favorite memories from the trip you know what was crazy like i've been to dc multiple times before mm -hmm. but um i was i was surprised at how much i enjoyed the night tour uh -huh. of oh, all I love the night tour oh my gosh all of the buildings and all the monuments and all the memorials all lit up it was beautiful it yeah. really was um just had a blast and and you're getting to do it with the right. a lot of your friends yeah i mean that's that's what's so fun you know we all do business together and you know maybe we see each other in the office mm -hmm. we we see each other when we're showing uh some of our high dollar listings and that kind of stuff but we don't really get to like just hang out right and that's just the com camaraderie that develops right. as a result of that is that's amazing and that's yeah. worth it alone I had three favorite parts to the trip for myself. Uh, the first one was when we uh, had our meeting scheduled with uh, Emmanuel Kleber. Uh, he actually is the chairman of the Financial Services Committee, and he had a committee meeting at that time. And so we go in to meet with him. They're like, oh, he has to go in. We actually got to sit in on that committee meeting, and it actually was a hearing going on on Russian sanctions and national security. And there were like five experts giving testimony. They were shooting it and showing it on C-SPAN at the time. So we actually got to wow. be in the room, and then his chief of staff pulled us out, and we gave her our talking points and all of that. But it was really cool to get to sit in on a congressional hearing happening right there in front of you watching him do what he's supposed to do every yeah, day yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was absolutely great and it was funny just watch because he was there and at first and then slowly um the congressman started show, like it wasn't everybody wasn't there at the beginning of the committee meeting and then they slowly started showing up over time and hearing things i was like yeah that seems about right you know my second favorite part was um we had the president come speak to us no matter what your opinions are on the president and i'm not going to get into that right now because i have to have my own and they're very very strong it still was a really, really cool experience to have the sitting president come speak to us and just seeing all the Secret Service set up in the hotel over a 24-hour time frame. My hotel room was back in the part of the hotel he spoke at. So at 6 a.m., all the elevators in my portion of the hotel were shut down. I had a Secret Service policeman and a uh, German Shepherd sitting outside my room because my room was directly across from that elevator. So, like, I had my own Secret Service. <laughs> you could look out at my room and look over at the Omni. You could see snipers up on the rooftop. I mean, it just – the magnitude of all of it for him coming and speaking to us for an hour was just kind of cool to be a part of that. Now, there were some people, crazy people, I'll call them that, that lined up at 4 a.m. to get in to see him. And we went in, like, 30 minutes ahead of time and got in no problem. Well, that was the thing is they made it sound like it was going to be impossible to get into the room. Yeah, but it I, wasn't. You were going to be having to wait for hours and hours, yeah. and you couldn't leave to use the restroom. And if you left to the, use out. the restroom, you probably weren't going to be able to yep. stay in there. So, they, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
But and that's they drove away too many people who they all started did. creating uh, watch parties in their rooms. That's, that's basically what we did because uh, we were gonna we couldn't stand it. I couldn't no. be there for five no. hours because we, we had, had stuff to, to do, do. That uh, we were being there was a part of our purpose for being there. Now, exactly. My third favorite part is on the very first night when you lost your wallet. Oh no! No no no! no. And then Christian was giving you so much. Oh. Christian Zarif was give or what's her name now? Um, Christian Barnes. 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 I know. It's like it came to me. Christian Barnes. Um was giving you so much crap about it, and then she lost hers a little bit later that okay, night. Okay, so I have to it go into like detail circle. just a little yeah. bit on this. I got to D.C. Mm-hmm. I was having a great time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Things were good. What kind of great time? Just kidding. Just, just a great time. And I make it to my hotel. I get all checked in, and you know, I'm, I'm there earlier than a lot of people because a bunch of people's flights got delayed. So um, I come down from my hotel room, and I'm just thinking, man, I'm going to go on a walk. Like, I'm going to go on a walk, and then I'll meet him up at the, at the Marriott later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I go for my walk, and I've got my AirPods in. I'm listening to my jams, and I'm wearing jeans and, like, a button-down, and, and I start, just like, running. I'm like, yeah, like, this is feeling Your really, really, into really a run. good. Wow. My walk's turning into a run. I make it all the way to the Marriott Wardman after about an hour hour walk slash mm-hmm. run and I reach over and I touch my butt and I realize that my wallet is gone mm-hmm. and I freak out as Long- we would all <laughs> just, just I, I I just knew that I was I was running my wallet fell out of my pocket or maybe I got picked or I wasn't sure exactly what happened and so what was the first thing you did the <laughs> The first thing, I don't remember if I called Christian or my wife first. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, I did. I called Christian first. Yeah. Uh-huh. I called Christian uh, to to let her know because like, oh my gosh, I don't know what, what to do. do? Like, this is my first day here. I don't have any money now. Right. Like freaking out. I start walking back to my hotel. Um, and she almost told me not to call my wife yet until, you know, I'm for sure that That's I lost what I it. I would have done. She did not tell me that. And I called my wife immediately. So my wife is freaking out. Mm-hmm. She is. She's like checking all the bank accounts, and mm-hmm. she realizes that we have two very strange charges: one for five hundred dollars, and one for three hundred dollars. And they had just happened, and they're pending. And she's like, "Alex, we're gonna have to cancel your cards." And I'm like, "Ah, sorry, that was loud." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "No, this is horrible. This is really, really bad." I make it all the way back to my hotel room, and it was just sitting on the table, mm-hmm. so I didn't really lose it. Womp, womp, yeah, womp. the the mysterious charges actually. We had just paid for our vehicle registration, and it if you're in Kansas and you pay for your vehicle registration, it comes out some really weird tech company that you've never heard of before. So now you know. All right. Bobby's book bit. Wow. Do, 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 do. do Here's it. my book bit. Rare. Rare. All right. I like it. We're going with it. So my book for this episode is Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss is most well known for his four-hour work week book. Um, and I chose Tribe of Mentors because when we go to the mid-year meetings, I feel like I have a tribe of mentors there these people from all around the country who've just become my mentors and I absolutely love and adore this book so this book is made up of 140 mini interviews with some of the most successful people all around the world Um, he sent out these emails to thousands of people um, asking the same 11 questions and several hundred responded to him and he put together this book and it was all about their ideas on habits learning money relationships failure success life all these different categories these 11 questions uh uh, fall into. So one of my favorite quotes from the book is often all that stands between you and what you want is a better set of questions. You know, so many times we just wow. don't ask enough questions to get the things that we want or desire to go after. So I had three key takeaways from the book. And the first one is failure holds a lot of lessons if you look for them. 
Hmm. So often there's hidden opportunities in our failures, but we don't go digging. Um, and from those, you can learn to see what could I have controlled in the situation? Um, what could I improve of myself? And freely express your ideas. Don't hold back when you fail. Let yourself just be free of that. The second idea from that book was learning to say no in new ways can help you make a long-term habit of doing it. And one of my favorite takeaways from that section, you know, someone asked me once, do you know what focus is, Bobby? And I was like, oh, this is a trick question. <laughs> it's saying no to more things so you can say yes to the right things when they come along. And one of the ways that I, I loved about this was ask yourself if you're only agreeing because you feel guilty or afraid. That's not a good enough reason to agree to do something. But yeah. how often do we, we're afraid of what someone else is going to think of us or we just feel like we're guilted into it. That's how I became the PTA treasurer. Um, <laughs> these are all things that are very real things. And the last thing is always check why you should not take someone else's advice and then decide if you'll listen. So we're surrounded by experts, but experts don't always have our best, best interest at heart. So take listen to the advice and then decide if it's something you should follow or not. So that's my book bit. I think it's an amazing book. And it's, you know, it's one of those books you can just pick up and put back down because each interview is about a page and a half, two pages long. So you can just kind of keep coming back to it. And the other important thing in that book is that not most of those things in that book are not going to apply to you, but there's enough really good nuggets that do apply to you that the things that don't apply to you, me, would apply to you. So it's one of those, you just take the parts that really that work for work you. Work for yeah, you. Yeah. And that's a part of that last one, you know, should you take someone else's advice, not all that advice in that book is meant for you, but there is at least a few good nuggets that are meant for you in that book. So, all right, I think it's time we bring Andrew on. Let's bring Andrew Let's bring in. him on. Yeah. All right. Hey, Alex. Hey, Bobby. Do you know why I love KCRER as much as I do? Why? It's because we are just completely customer-oriented association. Did, did you see what just happened just a little bit ago? Mm, remind me. Okay, so so we were between sessions, and Kip Cooper comes walking by, and I'm like, hey, Kip, you got any cake? And he's like, hang on. And he comes back, and he brings me this amazing cupcake with a big gumball on top. Kip, I, you're kind of in trouble with me right now. Right, because you didn't get a cupcake, but you didn't ask for a cupcake. Mm. I did. I should for cake. Ask Cupcake. and you shall receive. Exactly. So, you know, we just have an amazing association that supports us in everything that we do. Well, if we want to keep that kind of uh, <laughs> thing up. Right. I, I mean, I feel like we need to make sure that we show our association that we support them. Yes, just I, like I, they support us. One, a little bit ago, the, the Professional Development Committee had asked about a podcast. And, uh, and lo and behold, KCRAR has delivered. Um, and so if you appreciate the podcast and, and you feel like you're getting a lot of value out of it, please hit subscribe. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. If and you like us. If you like us. If you don't like us, don't do anything. Just don't listen then. Right. Right? You can always choose not to listen. <laughs> and then we're going to need you to um, follow us on SoundCloud. That would be really awesome if you could do that. And then tell all your friends on your Facebook, your chaps of snap your installators all of those i'm gonna need you to go tell everybody all about listening to us and how amazing we are but if you hate us again just pretend like this didn't even happen <laughs> right sounds great subscribe now andrew welcome to kansas city real talk how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you, you for having me. Absolutely. You do so much for our association and so much for the Kansas Association and even for the National Association. Can you just give us a little rundown of everything that you do? 
Um, it is a long list. Uh, yeah, I would admit that. This is the rest of the podcast, Andrew, listening to all the things he's involved with. I don't know if we have that much time, but I'll give some highlights. Yeah, do some um, highlights. That sounds good. So from a local perspective, um, one of my leadership roles is the RPAC chair. Okay. Uh, so that is really a, um, the trustees meet and decide where our advocacy dollars go in terms of what our PAC um, backs, um, and I help chair that particular committee. Uh, on the state level, uh, I was just um, uh, elected the uh, first vice president-elect, uh, so I'll be first vice president of KAR in 2020. I'm very excited about that. And then on the national level, I have two hats that I wear. I am the major investor uh, council representative for the state of Kansas, and I am the FPC for the Kansas 3rd Congressional District, which is uh, Representative Sharice Davids. Awesome. So. So many awesome things that you do, and thanks for thanks for everything sure. and all of the time that you put into it. It was really fun going to D.C. with you and, and seeing uh, everything that you did. In, in every single one of our Hill visits, Andrew had... Uh, something to say and it was always very uh, always very engaging and 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 awesome it's you... hard to shut me up so yeah. it, definitely <laughs> we just had well say we had mark in here earlier it's hard to shut him up too so it's, it's okay so you know from listing all the things you're involved with mm-hmm. it's very obvious you have a passion for advocacy why is advocacy so important to you you know, uh, it, it, it's deep-rooted from a long time ago. Uh, I was uh, heavily involved in uh, student politics and debate and forensics and went on to college and did the same thing at the collegiate level. And I've just always had an interest on... I would have never guessed debate was something in your past at all. <laughs> well, that's uh, something that everybody gets to learn about me as we go it. along. So, uh, you know, it's just something that uh, comes natural. And is uh, something that interests me, and I see how advocacy can impact society and the way we uh, operate, uh, especially in our industry, and that's what intrigued me the most. So once I saw, you know, the littlest things change the trajectory of our industry, I decided that I needed to be the one of those voices helping change that trajectory, uh, making decisions that help our industry, making decisions to make sure our, our industry's here for, for a long time. Awesome. So, Andrew, let's talk a little bit about those Hill visits. Sure. So so there was one story in particular. Well, first, let's talk about the three things that we really hit on with all three sure. no of problem. our representatives and slash senators. So one of those hats that I wear, uh, the Federal Political Coordinator, FPC uh-huh. for short, uh, we are charged with taking the uh, priorities, legislative priorities for NAR to the Hill. And so I am the, the main key contact person for Representative Davids, and my job is to make sure she understands what we care about. Um, Not only what we care about, but who we are. Uh, A lot of times uh, our elected officials forget what we do on a daily basis. They think we're just money-hungry salespeople, and what they don't realize is that uh, you know, 80% of us uh, give back to our community sure. uh, up to eight hours on average per month. So we needed to remind them who we are, uh, that we're involved in our community, that we are probably touching their constituents most of the time and throughout their lives in that particular district. Uh, and then we need to make sure they understand that we care about things more than just selling houses. Right. And that can be um, anywhere from the fair, uh, or excuse me, the Equality Act that we had uh, as one of our top priorities, uh, where we feel the National Association of Realtors made a, a decision 10 years ago to add um, 
LGBTQ community to our protected classes in our code of ethics, and then a few years ago, gender uh, identity to that code of ethics, and we feel it's time for our country to raise the bar as well. Um, we also talked about the National Flood Insurance Program, which uh, was set to lapse uh, at the end of May. Unfortunately, we did not get the extension we were looking for, but we did get a short-term extension to make sure that... Uh, another short-term extension. Another short-term yeah. yep. kicking the can down the road extension, um, which I'll touch back on that here in a second. And then uh, the third thing was the Qualified Opportunity Zones. You know, that particular segment of our law passed in 2017 with the jobs acts or tax cuts and jobs acts of 2017 and it's been 18 months since our regulators have uh, really been grappling with how to roll those guidelines and those regulations out so that means 18 months of missed opportunity for that particular tax incentive program so we were urging our uh, people on the hill to make sure that our regulators get that stuff done um, if we can't invest in these opportunity zones then the the program does us no good sure uh, there but was, there was ahead. one specific story that mm -hmm. you told in yeah. in all three of the meetings right. and i would like for you to discuss that a little sure. bit yeah uh, so back to national flood insurance um i I'm very passionate about it because it has been something we've just kicked down the road. And it, and it, you know, we have these short-term extensions and we think about the economic impact on the short-term basis, mm -hmm. um, which is significant. And that's oftentimes what gets our legislative uh, body to act is they understand the impact that it can have short-term. So, you know, $60,000 um, essentially go into the economy in the state of Kansas for every home that closes. If the National Flood Insurance Program is in place, um, several of those homes don't close. That's a ripple effect. So that is a short-term economic impact that they can see as a tangible thing. Mm -hmm. right. What they don't realize is we need long-term reform. Um, there are people that suffer because of the way the program breaks down. And uh, unfortunately, it impacted my family recently. And I do have some breaking news uh, for this uh, podcast a little bit later. But uh, the story in involves my grandparents who are in their late 80s. Uh, my grandfather served this country and did everything he thought he was supposed to do, put his money into his nest egg. Mm -hmm. And he went and they decided to sell earlier this year. And uh, we got it under contract uh, within a couple of days and uh, slowly but surely started to realize there might be something uh, wrong with the, the lending process. And so all of a sudden the lender reaches out and says, you know, we have an issue uh, it's clear to us that the home uh, was amended and the home was taken out of the floodplain in 2015, but the map is not clear. And so we're actually ruling that this home is still in a floodplain and thus um, we're going to have to uh, deny the loan. So my grandparents had to go through six weeks, uh, seven weeks of agony trying to figure out how to get this resolved. And they did nothing wrong. They were just a victim of the system. Um, Luckily, uh, and it wasn't because I was able to take their message to the Hill, but it did help. It opened up some doors. I was able to talk with Senator Pat Roberts and get some uh, uh, people that I could reach out to and get this rectified at a quicker uh, pace. And I will tell you that I'm here today that right, uh, right after this, I'm actually going to their closing. Uh, and they're actually moving forward and able to close on their home and move on to their next chapter. Good. And, and that, is, awesome. that is awesome news. That's yeah. great, Andrew. Every time you told that story, you could see that the person that you were presenting to responded emotionally. Like they sure. understood 
the real impact that this was having on their constituents, and uh, and that that's pretty impactful. Every single time we we when we went through, there was a little bit of training that some of us sat through uh, for speaking with mm-hmm. uh, with our with our legislators, and every uh, probably the biggest message was we need to tell a story, yeah. sure. and uh, that was the best example uh, throughout that whole week of uh, of somebody telling a story that really gripped. Uh, somebody that's in the position to make those kinds of decisions. Well, and that was my goal was to, you know, not only highlight the need and the um, necessity for a short-term solution to that problem, but to highlight the fact that they can't always focus on the short term. Right. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to impact them to a point where after I left, I don't care if they remembered me. The story. I wanted them to remember my grandparents. That's right. Remember those people. And that's, you know, during my time as FPC for Representative Graves, Mm -hmm. It, those are the stories that impact our people in Congress the most because they have people coming to them every day with this is what we stand behind, this is what we're for. But it's when you can actually tell the stories about the people that are affected by their policies or mm-hmm. affected by their lack of policies right. that they can truly then understand what's going on. It's not just this abstract concept. It's actual people who are being hurt or helped by whatever the thing is that we have going on. Well, and I've learned through some of that training, you know, uh, Unfortunately, our elected officials get a bad rap sometimes, mm-hmm. and they look, some of the perception that's out there is they look at as money-hungry people, you know, they're in it for themselves, and the reality is they're working hard, and uh, they want to do the right thing, and unfortunately, they're just not educated to the point to make some of those nuanced decisions, right. and sure. that's what we're there for, and those stories help them remember those nuances. Right. Yeah. So. So. Tell me about your meeting with Sharice Davids. How did she respond to those, you know, here, Sharice, these are our ideas. And how is she, what is her general, I'm, I'm assuming you guys have a great relationship, otherwise sure. you wouldn't be FPC, but how has she typically been towards housing issues and mm-hmm. how did she respond to everything? Well, she was great. Um, you know, I think uh, she's a slight introvert, but she opened up to our group because of that connection I had with her. And so I was able to meet with her earlier in the year after she was elected late last year. Um, there are over a hundred, I want to say 120, maybe it's 118 new representatives, um, which is a huge Big new class. class. Huge. And yeah. so there's yeah. a lot of turnover, which also means staff. So you're looking at probably three to four staff members that are brand new. So you exponentially create a group of new people to the Hill. Right. Uh, and so part of our job, and that's why we're talking about who we are, but educating uh, Representative Davids has been great. Uh, she's been very receptive to what we have to say. She knows that we have the finger on the pulse when it comes to her constituents. Uh, her, one of her committees is uh, transportation and infrastructure, and that's one of our initiatives this year. It wasn't our top three priorities, but that has struck a chord with her, and she has been very receptive to us helping her uh, create a bill that might, you know, that will uh you know, su- suffice the needs of this country. And right now, infrastructure is deteriorating yeah. uh, right. fast. And so she's been great. She's been receptive. Uh, we're hopefully going to uh, invite her to rock the block. Uh, it is in her district this year. Uh, and I think that would be something she would enjoy. Uh, and, I, you know, I think she's doing the right things. Um, she's definitely out there getting to know her constituents. Um, she's receptive to just about everybody and making time. She actually opened a district office in Wyandotte County, um, which had been missing for uh, a decade. And so she's definitely wanting to be in tune with her constituents. That's awesome. 
She comes off as extremely genuine. Very. And, uh, I mean, she just seems like a very authentic person and it really shined through during our meeting, I felt like. And she immediately wanted to help. When, uh, yeah. the, when I brought up uh, the qualified opportunity zones, mm-hmm. her initial reaction was, okay, where are we with that process? Why has this taken so long? And she immediately had an action item for us to write a letter to her office right. that then she could sign on to to pass around um, her colleagues uh, on the Hill. It's awesome. Yeah. And I love that she asked questions sure. right. of us. It, it was, she didn't just assume that she knew exactly what we were talking about and then just rattled some right. answer off. She really asked questions and understood that we had something to offer her in the way of knowledge on that topic. It's awesome. For sure. So tell us about your time in D.C. What were some of the highlights of your – because how many years have you been going to D.C. now for the uh, legislative mid-year meetings? I want to say this was my fifth year. Okay. Uh, I have Feels served, like you've been around longer than that, though, does, to be honest. It does. Uh, it's, you know, they blend together a little right. bit. Uh, but this year was uh, my first year as FBC, so it was even more special than the previous years. Uh, I had a great time. I, you know, the best part for D.C., not only just – Coming to a place that has so much power, you get to that city and, and it, it, it changes you a little bit. You just realize the power that that city has and you want to be a part of it. Right. And then you realize the voice you have. Um, and that's what keeps me going back. Right. Uh, other than that, uh, just going to see the uh, monuments, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're pretty much everything you want to see is free. Right. Uh, and you can just go wander around them when you have free time, which I... Uh, you both know we don't have a lot of, so <laughs> literally there were 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there, but right. it was worth it. Uh, and then, of course, uh, hanging out with all my friends. Uh, it is, you know, part of the reason I love this business so much is the people and being able to uh, share ideas, whether it's to do with bettering our association or bettering myself. Uh, it is a, a great place to do that. So it's I'll what keep I always tell people, I'm like, if you can't afford to go to a conference, mm-hmm. you know, mid-year legislative it's free, technically, to go to. Right. But let's talk about even annual. It, even if you can't afford to go, mm-hmm. get there and do LobbyCon. Don't pay for the actual conference right. ticket. Just get there and talk to the people in the lobbies of the hotels, and you will take away so much. I mean, that's how I got to know some. I not that I was doing LobbyCon, but just hanging out in the lobbies and getting to know mm-hmm. people and knowing their story. And now I have such an amazing network of people all over the country. And quite frankly, I wouldn't probably still be in this industry if it weren't for that network of people that I have absolutely everywhere. And that's one of the things that the, the general consumer does not see from us is that right. this network of people that are all so kind and giving. Uh, it's the other people that make the name for us that, you, yeah, you know where I'm going with that. Right. Um, the behind so, yeah. the scenes is usually not what's out front. Right. right. So since we got back from D.C., um, are there any updates on any of the big three items that we talked about uh, that we can – Well, the short-term extension for national flood insurance. So again, kicking that can down the road, we got the short-term extension. Hopefully, they're going to work on a little longer term. We wanted through September. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, again, we need reform. So really, they got to get dig into that particular system and and fix it. Uh, The Equality Act passed the House. um, So we're waiting on the Senate colleagues to do the same. And so we will certainly be in touch with them and urging them. So the, the good news... Uh, it happened to, you know, coincidentally happen the week we were there. Of course, I'm sure we had uh, a little bit to do with that, of course, uh, since we were uh, talking about it that week with our representatives. Uh, and then the Qualified Opportunity Zones, it's still a work in progress. Um, you know, it's... Uh, have we drafted that letter? And We have. So the state is drafting a letter as well as the local, awesome. and we're going to issue that to Representative David's office. Uh, there's also a few... Um, 
I don't know what to call them, industry programs like CCIM that I think is going to draft a letter because they're very involved with the Opportunity Zones as well. Um, But I think that coalition will help her sign off on it. And and it really is just more of an education process. Here's where we are. Here's where we need to be. And let's get it done. So one of the things that I notice is that what we become very public about is mid-year meetings and are talking about advocacy in the month of May. But May is not the only month that we deal with advocacy. So what are we doing the rest of the year as far as staying in contact with our representatives? And what are some of the other things coming up for you as an FPC? And what is on your radar for the rest of the year? Sure. Our job is never done. Um, So we, we, the FPC rule, our job is to communicate uh, on a, on the minimum uh, four times a year. Uh, And if there is something pressing, they will reach out to us and we will have more um, uh, dialogue with our representative at that point. Uh, I try to supply our uh, representative Davids with our RPR information Mm -hmm. on a monthly basis just so she knows what's going on in her district, which is a great piece of RPR is we're able to uh, drill down into congressional districts and give them um, specific information about what's going on with their constituents. Uh, That has been just kind of an avenue that I've taken with Representative Davids to be a resource for her. Mm -hmm. And she's taken me up on it a few times. So that's just what we're going to continue to do and just be there for her. Uh, If there's a pressing issue, they will fly us out to D.C. and we will meet with them face to face in D.C. if we have to. Uh, I've put together a uh, contact team here uh, locally, which uh, is about six to eight people. If I'm not around, then I help, you know, disseminate them out into the field and see if they can uh, touch base with her. Uh, We try to see her at every event that we can just Mm -hmm. to be there uh, to make sure she knows that we're not, um, you know, uh, uh, just there in May. Right. Help her identify some familiar faces too. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's constant work. Uh, part of the FPC training is we have um, webinars that we do on a monthly basis and just trying to keep up to date with the information that's out there. So if any of our listeners are listening, that was a weird sentence, whatever. <laughs> so if people are out there listening and they want to get more involved with some of the things you're talking about today, how do they get involved? What do they do? Ask. Uh, the de- to talk to any of us. Talk to anybody that you know that is involved with the association. They will help guide you to getting involved. The very first thing you have to do is uh, sign up and be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a committee, if it's an event, it just have to start being there and getting engaged with what's going on. And then you slowly but surely hopefully get onto committees and start to work your way up. But if there's an event, if there's something that you can be at for KCRAR, then be there. Uh, and then the state level, same thing. Once you get involved locally, then uh, start doing the same thing at the state level. So go to the uh, capital conference that's typically uh, in the first quarter of each year. Um, So we go to Topeka every year, and then the annual conference, uh, which travels throughout the state. You know, so one of the things that, uh, from my work for the National Association and uh, our ad campaigns, the research they've been doing, we all know about FOMO, fear of missing out. That's something that millennials have. But they also have something that the research has shown is called FORO, F-O-R-O, fear of reaching out. So, so often we have so many people in our society that just have this fear of 
reaching out and asking and looking dumb. So for someone who's brand new, has never been involved with KCRR or anything like that, but they find advocacy very important, what's probably the best entry-level committee for them to sign up? Because sometimes you look at that list of things and you're like, I don't even know. Totally. And even yeah. myself, who's very involved, state, local, and national, I would like to get involved with RPAC nationally. Mm -hmm. And I had to pull a couple of like presidents aside and say, where do I start? Because even for myself, sure. I get confused of where you start. So for you being someone who's so involved, where would you suggest, what's a great committee for someone to get their foot in the door? So uh, where I cut my teeth, I guess, was Kansas advocacy. So okay. uh, one day I woke up literally and decided, you know what, I want to be more involved. I can't just let other people make these decisions for me. And I asked uh, a friend of mine, a colleague of mine, Jim Gamble, mm -hmm. and said, hey, how do, how do I get more involved? And he said, you need to go to KCR and get on a committee. Yeah. And that was sort of the beginning of it all. I joined Kansas Advocacy, and my first chair was Rick Bowers, and a great guy. Uh -huh. And uh, he really showed me that there was more to our industry than selling houses. And um, that's probably what started it, so I'll blame it on Rick. Okay. And uh, also my good friend, um, uh, Jeff Carson, he, he certainly uh, encouraged me to keep getting and staying involved. And that committee was kind of my incubation committee, if right. that's the good term to use. Yeah, I mean, they, I know, I like it. they cared for me, they supported me, and, and I rose through that committee and became chair, and uh, I guess um, haven't looked back since. That's awesome. So. Right, well, Andrew, well, we appreciate everything sure. that you do, and, and thanks for everything you do. Sure. Yeah, and just thank you for being such a shining star in D.C. I think Kip is still shouting your name from the rooftops. You are just, you know, he's never seen someone just connect the way you did. So thank you for that. Thank you for everything you do for our industry. I am thankful to consider you one of my good friends. So just I'm very proud of you and everything that you do. So thank you so much. Well, thank both of you for all you do. Um, I think we're a team, and uh, we definitely work in that way. And so it's great to uh, be here. Thank you. All for one, one for all. That's right. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Andrew. Bye-bye, Thank guys. You.